0: The El Conservador radio show is sponsored by Border Hawk News on 9:30 a.m., The Answer. Time for the El Conservador radio show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador. George Rodriguez
1: Howdy, howdy, howdy once again, my friends George Rodriguez, El Conservador Talking to you from South Texas In San Antonio Welcome to the show, my friends We've got a great program again for you today On this beautiful June 11th, 2022 Year is flying by So, uh, I hope that you're uh, settled back Because we've got a real good show for you today As we usually do Our first guest is none other than Congressman Louie Gohmert. I wanted to reach out to him because he's got a lot to say and he has been saying a lot on the uh, floor of the U.S. Congress. He's been uh, really backing these people, these Democrats, these crazy Democrats down. He's been backing them down regarding the issue of the Second Amendment. He's done it before on illegal immigration. Now he's doing it on the Second Amendment. So I wanted to get him on. And, uh, and tell him to talk, talk to us about how, you know, what this madness is that's going on in, in, in Washington, D.C., this political theater, because that's what it is, my friends. The unfortunate situation is that they continue to use the uh, the problems of people, the tragedies of people, for their political uh, gain. And this is exactly what's happening right now with, with uh, Uvalde, unfortunately. Pure political theater, my friends we our hearts go out of course to all these folks who have lost a loved one i mean it's tragic but the fact of the matter is that when people are emotional you cannot do uh, you can't legislate you should not legislate based based on emotions it's got to be based on facts it's got to be based on on on, on clear thinking at any rate uh Louis gomert is our first guest our next guest after that is um Mr. Brad Coe is Sheriff Brad Coe, should I say. Sheriff Coe is the prayer, is the, uh, uh sheriff in Kenny County, and he's got a tale to tell, my friends. They have seen an, a surge of illegal aliens crossing through Kenny County, which is right down by the border. Uh, he is going to talk to us about the, uh, the huge numbers that they are recording, uh, in his county. Uh, we then have Mr. Ro- uh, Randy Clark with Breitbart. He is a reporter for Breitbart. He's going to be talking to us about this caravan, my friends, that is advancing on the border in, uh, in South Texas. I mean, this is, is, is looking bad, my friends. This is not looking good. Thousands, thousands of illegal aliens are encroaching, are, are, are advancing on our border, and there's nothing that we're going to be able to do about it. I mean, there's nothing that we can do about it right now. It's going to be even less. Our final guest is Mr. John uh, J. Wiley from Law Enforcement Today. He's going to be chatting to, with us about this whole situation of the um, uh, police uh, and, and mental illness, uh, how they are equipped or not equipped to deal with mental illness. So, my friends, sit back, enjoy the show. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio deep in the heart of South Texas. Welcome to the show, my friends. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to borderhawk.news. Borderhawk.news has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. Borderhawk.news has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to borderhawk.news. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez and Conservador talking to you from South Texas in San Antonio. And we've got our good friend, Congressman Louis Gohmert, and uh from the first district of texas and uh i wanted to reach out to him because if there's anybody who is defending the second amendment and then has been outspoken uh, both against the obama the biden administration it's congressman gohmert and uh congressman give us your thoughts on this uh effort that we've got i mean it's a major effort we had a uh a big press conference here on uh, Thursday with the, all of the major elected local Democrats here in San Antonio, all talking about gun control. And uh, I know that in uh, in Washington, there uh, that's the big topic right now. Uh, give us your thoughts, uh, your defense of the Second Amendment.
2: Well, it, it's it's so outrageous the attacks that have gone on, and we went through a hearing. Last Thursday, having Democrats accuse Republicans of uh, being complicit in the shootings and the mass shootings in Uvalde. and Uvali uh, and it just absolutely infuriating as I told them if if they weren't in a hearing, we could successfully sue them for slander. It is just so outrageous um so um they're, basically their bill takes the position that guns fire themselves so that if we can just get rid of guns then criminals won't have guns but George I'm telling you uh, my decade on the bench as a felony judge in Texas uh, the criminals that that resorted to violence with guns uh, they got their guns from stealing them, from buying from other gun thieves. Uh, they did not go down to a gun store and apply, get the background check, and then get their guns. That's The criminals are criminals for a reason. They break the law. They're the ones that don't care about the background check and all that. They, they go around the law. They violate the law. And so, yes, I know the shooter in Uvalde, he had turned 18, and he went and bought guns. So now we have Democrats saying, let's get rid of uh, the ability for anybody, 18, 19, 20, to use a gun. Uh, kind of outrageous there as well. Uh, you, you put 18, 19, 20-year-olds, those are... Are the go to people for recruiting. And I know the Army has uh, been struggling with recruiting since October, November last year. Uh, recruiting had been down. And of course, that's understandable when the commander in chief uh, leaves troops to die, leaves them in the hands of the enemies in Afghanistan, the way Biden did. Uh, that's not good for recruiting when you see the kind of things going on where the military commanders think it's absolutely essential that you take uh, defense money and spend it on sex change operations you know you've got some problems in the military but uh anyway they want to prevent 18 19 20 year olds from having access two uh guns and they keep saying oh but the ar-15 that's that's uh, a weapon of war these are the kind of things that are being said well the ar-15 it, it's a little 223 caliber just barely bigger round than uh, uh, a 22 a 223 um but that is considered to be so dangerous when it does not have the killing power of uh, bigger, you know, say um, uh, three hundred eight, you know, thirty six different guns like that. Uh, so it's just, and, and also people keep thinking that they are automatic weapons. They're not automatic. They, they're. They call them semi-automatic, but you have to pull the trigger each time you want to shoot, unlike uh, the military-style weapons. So we endured a lot of ignorance from Democrats wanting to ban guns that they didn't even know what they were, what they did. Uh, And then to accuse us, uh, let me me tell you, I just saw this article last night um, that California is the number one in gun control the number one state out of 50 states they have more gun control they have universal background checks they have an assault weapons ban high capacity magazine ban 10-day waiting period on gun purchases red flag laws gun registration requirements good cause requirement for concealed carry permit insurance a ban on carrying a gun on college campus a ban on K-12 through teachers being armed on campus a background check requirement for ammunition purchases limit on the number of guns and all abiding citizens can have in a given month among lots of other controls and yet of the 12 mass shooting incidents last year California had six of them Uh, that that it doesn't work and they refuse to accept what uh, you know I I was listening some of the speeches of Dr. Martin Luther King and he says if you want to correct the problems you've got to go to the root cause well the Democrats don't want to look at the root cause they don't want to look at uh, fatherlessness. Uh, you know, the, back in the 60s, uh, Democrats pushed through bills to start paying women not to have fathers in the home. Well, you know, we've had guns throughout the history of the United States, but uh, we haven't had these mass shooting problems. Well, George, I'd go back to uh, what John Adams said. That this Constitution is intended for a moral and religious people it is wholly inadequate for the governing of any other um, you can't have a Second Amendment if you don't teach children what's right and what's wrong the Bible helps with that but if you're not teaching kids what's right and wrong that uh, you're teaching kids that everything is relative whatever feels good to you is okay you can't have a Second Amendment well I want to keep the Second Amendment but I want to get back to the root causes of these mass shootings we can't have that but uh, it, it was just so infuriating to hear Democrats uh, blaming Republicans for the gun violence now let's get to the root cause And the root cause of the kind of things you've been promoting for years, and it may sound cliche, but when you outlaw guns, only the outlaws will have guns. That is just basic.
1: That is so true. You know your your last comments about the morality issue. Um, Over the weekend, uh, there were shootings uh, in uh, mass shootings in in. philadelphia and in phoenix as well as a couple of other places that i can't remember there were so many but uh in all cases teenagers were involved now uh you know it's not an issue i don't think that it's an issue of uh mental illness in that one it's uh it's criminal behavior by uh by adolescents
2: yep you're right and and i remember uh back as a felony judge uh I had a trial of a gang leader in uh, Tyler, Texas, who was charged with murder, and he didn't testify on the guilt innocence, but he was found guilty. And his uh, lawyer was urging him not to testify on sentencing, but he got on the uh, stand anyway and testified that he said I had. To testify, even though my lawyer was saying no, because I sat through this trial hearing witness after witness, bad mouth, talk terrible about my gang. And he's, and he was a bit emotional and he said, I, I'm sick of hearing about how bad my gang is. I don't know my father. My uh, mother was not able to be at home and the gang was the only family I've ever had. Wow. Well, it, it was tragic, George, but, wow. I mean, but he did kill this kid. Uh, <laughs> but but to him, look, the gang was the only family he'd ever had. Yep. And so, in a gang, uh, killing is not that big a deal like it is to the rest of us. Well, we, we need to be addressing root causes of this kind of violence rather than, than uh, just... Uh, you know, keeping people from getting a gun at all. That's right. Uh, yeah, and I was reading an article, another article last night late uh, that came out from American Wire about the number of minorities buying firearms has skyrocketed despite the DC debating gun control measures. And it was it was saying that uh, that. Uh, retail survey showed 58% increase in gun sales to African Americans, 49% increase among Hispanic Americans, and this article talking about it I talked to uh, a guy named Juan Romero, um, who went to Houston from Arizona for the NRA convention. And he was saying, as a Mexican immigrant, I feel people are waking up. uh, uh, He said, people that legally immigrated, well, he legally immigrated to the US when he was 13. And he said, the Second Amendment is a large reason why people feel safer here in the US, in their homes at night. He said, as a kid, I grew up knowing what it felt like to feel helpless. Uh, I saw my mom and grandmother go through several struggles and a fear in our small Mexican town. But after moving here to the U.S., it's a new world. I go to bed with no worry about defending myself and my family. He had guns, and that made him feel safer than he ever could have or did in Mexico. Uh, The answer is not getting rid of the Second Amendment like Democrats want to do. It's it's about teaching children right and wrong, and not just teaching them this crazy stuff that's being taught in school now. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 some schools are teaching. Yes, if you're if you are bi- <laughs> biologically a male, then maybe you need to cut off your male member. If you're biologically a woman, a girl rather. Maybe you need to cut off your breasts. I mean, what kind of society are we living in that would teach that mutilation like that is, is just sick? It's wrong. Uh, well, it's the same ones that uh, I heard one girl talking about. Her teacher's telling her that if she ever looked in the mirror, then that was the best indication she was transgender. Uh, George I don't know anybody in middle school that looked in the mirror and just really liked what they saw that's part of growing up and yet we have teachers telling kids that's uh, indication you're transgender no wonder they're messed up and confused so we got some work to do and and, you know of course uh, I heard people in Yuval they say we have no uh, mental health doctors here nobody even anywhere near who's mental health expert, well, that's not terribly helpful when you got people with psychological problems yeah. but but we do need to get to the basic cause, and uh, I know there's a bumper sticker that said uh, uh, guns kill people the way spoons made Rosie O'Donnell fat <laughs> uh, you know <laughs> you know if we're gonna if we're gonna get to the Heart of uh, obesity using Democrats thinking we're going to have to ban spoons. We can't let people have you you <laughs> uh, forks and spoons that, that allow them to shovel in too much food. We got to <laughs> we got to ban them instead of addressing the oh, real cause. Oh, yeah. But this is the kind of reasoning we're dealing with. And it's dangerous for a constitutional republic like we have. And, you know, some people say, well, well, look, you must hate Hispanics. Uh, You want to secure the border. No. I look at what's happening. uh, And I I know it's a generalization we talk about before, George, but I look at the Hispanic culture. What do you got? You you have, uh, generally speaking, uh, a devotion to God, to family, to hard work. I think those are the three things that made America great. We need more of that. We just need people to come in legally. legally. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I see the Hispanic culture is helping America get back to the basics that made America great. But there has got to be a respect for the law, and that includes a respect for life. Uh, but we kept hearing Democrats say the number one, cause of death of uh, young people are guns. Well, that's not accurate. The number one killer of young people is called abortion. Yes. And George, we sat there in a hearing sometime back where a doctor that performed over a thousand late term abortions, uh, he lost his daughter in a car wreck. And, and after that, He the next abortion he he couldn't do it, he broke down he's never done one since but he was describing how an abortion happens, he said you know since cervix is not dilated then you go in with a clamp and you feel for something he calls elongated that would be an arm or a leg you clamp onto it you pull it off of the body you do that four times and then you find something he called bulbous and you clamp onto it, because that's the head, you crush the head, and then you pull what's left out of the uterus. And, you know, how in the world can we have so many people in America think that's a really good thing to do? I mean, I just can't imagine a more heartless, destructive way of killing a, a child that's not yet born yeah. and, it's, and so when you start teaching that kind of morality that it's okay to rip off arms and legs and crush the head of a baby that that's okay and then you want why they don't have more respect for life for heaven's sake it's we are in trouble in this country and you know like John Adams was talking about if you're not going to teach morality right and wrong uh, then you're not going to be able to have the Second Amendment. You can't allow people the right to have free speech, to freedom of assembly, freedom of religion. you got to take all of those away unless you're going to get back to teaching morality in the schools as they did when most of us grew up that are over a certain age.
1: That's right. You know, if if there is a... Hesitancy by a Supreme Court judge nominee to describe a man or a woman, uh, then it's going to be very, very difficult for them to uh, to uh, describe right or wrong. It seems like the other thing is yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, the other thing is if you don't if you don't have a moral standard, then how can you uh, how can you determine if somebody is uh, you know how can you judge if somebody is is mentally incompetent. Uh, you know, yep. it, it makes it very, very difficult for them to so make true. that, make that, uh, that announcement. So true. Yep. yep, exactly right. Congressman, yep. thank you very, very much for coming on. Uh, I love it when you come on, you have, you, you, you've got a, a real, real, uh, focus on, on reality and what, uh, what we need to do, uh, in our country to, to get it back to, you know, the, uh, the way that it should be. Unfortunately, we've got too many, too many local elected officials that are just bound and determined to redo us. And uh, it's very, very sad.
2: Well, and I do think we need to look at the root causes. And the Democrats absolutely get furious in our hearings if you want to talk about fatherlessness or talk about morality. They, They freak out. They'd rather take your gun away and think that's going to cure everything. No. Well, it 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 doesn't. Yeah. You you've got to get to the root cause. Yes. And and that's what Dr. King said in one of his speeches that I heard just this weekend um going back listening. That man was a man of God. He was just an incredible pastor, minister, but he knew from the Bible you've got to get to the root cause. And, uh, you know, of course he knew, uh, the root cause, uh, the, the root cure was Jesus. But, um, I've heard in one of our hearings, we had, um uh, a lady bishop of the church in DC where looters or rioters had caught, had started a couple of fires. And she said the number one. A job of a Christian is to help with, uh, you know, help people that are fighting for civil justice. And I said, well, what, what do you tell these civil justice fighters is their number one hope? And she said it's it's protesting. It's get out there and and protest more and I said, Well, that's interesting. We had a a black pastor here a couple of weeks ago, and he said the number one hope for people is Jesus Christ, so it's interesting that perspective you have yep. you know she was all about civil justice." And the real pastor was all about uh, Jesus being okay. the hope of the world.
1: Yep. You put your trust in the arm of man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Isn't that something?
1: Isn't that okay. something?
2: George, love being with you, man. Thank oh, you. Oh,
1: thank you, Congressman. You take care, and let's get you back on sometime soon. Alrighty.
2: Love talking to you. Thanks thank so much.
1: much. Once again, George Rodriguez on the El Conservador show in San Antonio. Howdy, 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 once again, my friends George Rodriguez, el conservador. And we've got our good friend Sheriff Brad Coe from Kenny County, Texas. He is going to talk to us about the outrageous number of sightings that they have had on their cameras, on their game cameras in Kenny County of illegal aliens crossing through the bushes, uh trespassing on property. Sheriff, welcome to the show. Talk to us about what's going on.
3: Oh, good, good afternoon, George. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I've got a series of cameras put out on private property with the, of the landowners. Uh, they're basically a, a, an advanced game camera. And when it's triggered, I get a message via email, and they'll show me a picture of what set that camera off. And uh, I've been monitoring this real close for the past couple of months. And doing a daily count, How I many we're seeing where uh, men, women, children, we're seeing everything. But last month, for the month of May, uh, on, on camera, I've got pictures of right at 4,200 walking through Kenney County somewhere. Every one of them has entered the United States until Wow.
1: Wow. Now, give us that number once again. <laughs>
3: 4,200 people. And the best I can tell, uh, we might have Jeez. caught seven or eight of them.
1: That is incredible. I mean... Now, again, these people are crossing through private property, which means they're trespassing, but right. uh, they are entering illegally, uh, avoiding. I mean, they're not going through the process of, of introducing themselves to the Border Patrol like they do nowadays uh, to declare asylum. These people are obviously trying to avoid the Border Patrol, correct?
3: Correct. Uh, we caught somebody the other day, well, actually it was yesterday, uh, and when we got to talk to them and, and check, in course, one of the things we do is uh, look for gang affiliation, the tattoos, markings, etc. Uh, two of these guys had the center marks tattooed on their, and I believe it was on their right shoulder, which put, automatically puts them into question as being part of the drug cartels. And uh, they had various other gang tattoos on, you know, on their upper body. So we can kind of associate them with either A, the cartels, or Tango, Blast, or, or ISIS or somebody. We just have to take a closer look at your tattoos. But yeah, we're seeing all kinds.
1: Now, when you when you when you catch somebody, because uh, obviously you've had you've got these multitude of, of pictures, but when you actually catch somebody, uh, is there any way that you can check to make to to see if they have a criminal background, uh, and if they do, what do you do?
3: Uh, we can not run criminal backgrounds on the only if they've been caught here in the in the U.S. Uh, on some of the more questionable ones, we'll run them to the Border station and run through a, their IDent system. If they've if they've got some type of immigration record, and uh, a lot of them, I mean, we're seeing some petty stuff, uh, DWIs. I'm not DWIs petty, but it's just not a, uh, a violent crime. Uh, we're seeing a few of those, but a lot of these we're seeing. They've got the markings, they got all the I- indicators of uh, being some part of the gang activity, and they're just not showing up on any records anywhere.
1: Wow, that's incredible. Now, the number of deputies. Tell us again the number of deputies that you've got.
3: I've got six full-time deputies, and right now they come up to ten part-time.
1: Wow! So you've got the that number of folks that have to cover a a large county, plus you've got to uh, to you're, you've got to try to stop the flow of forty-two hundred people. <laughs> I'm no, not man, sure we still, how you I've... do it.
3: Yeah, and we still have to deal with the local with the local things. Oh yeah, to I forgot. The local. Yes. Yeah, we, we still have to protect the courthouse. We've got to send people to act active bailiffs. Uh, we still have to get the cats out of the trees and and help the fire department and back up by EMS when needed. So it, and it's, it's tough to do with with uh, six full time deputies because at that... any given time I'm doing good to have two on duty at any given time.
1: My hat goes off to you. My hat goes off to you. I really don't know how. How uh, you know you guys are doing it? I'm, uh, I'm I'm happy that you're that you're still doing it. Uh, I just you know I just don't understand how you how it can be done.
3: Well, I have to, to say that I'm extremely blessed. I've got a county here that supports us 100. Uh, we get uh, the local churches do pray for us on a very very regular basis. I've uh, got a good crew. They're eager. They're always out there. Uh, a 12, 14, 16 hour day it doesn't matter to them. They're going to stay until they get the job done.
1: Now let me ask you real brief before I, I let you go. Um there is a report uh in the news today about a county uh in uh in Michigan and another one in Illinois that uh, have stopped um, has started prioritizing their responses because the gas money has run out. Uh how are you guys doing that with the gasoline prices that they are, you know, with the budget uh, that you've got?
3: Oh, I know. I've, when we when we did our budgets for this fiscal year, we I projected anywhere between 250 and 275 a gallon. So yeah, we're we're running a little uh, short on fuel. However, uh, Operation Lone Star and Operation Stone Garden have been a, a true blessing and helped us get get through this. Uh, we'll probably have to, di- to divert some funds from divert some funds from somewhere. Yeah, but uh, but we'll get through it. We got about three months left in this one. Well, uh, need be, y'all right. I may have to reach into my own personal pocket You on know, oh, my God, vehicle, God. go to work, but oh, good
1: with the territory. You take care, my my good friend, uh, and uh, thank you very much for for being such for for being out there on the front lines. I'll brother, you be safe. God bless you. You too. We've been speaking with Sheriff Brad Coe from Kenny County, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 9:30 AM radio. The answer. Howdy, howdy, howdy! Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador talking to you from san antonio deep in the heart of south texas and we've got our good friend mr randy clark with breitbart uh he is a reporter down here on the uh, on the border and i wanted to reach out to him because talk to us what is going on in preparation if any regarding this caravan coming to the border
4: well george first thanks for having me on again uh, it's great to talk to you uh you know this is pretty much steady state for the border patrol right now and the posture that they have the uh the caravans they they really you know since we first started hearing about them uh, they're mostly political stunts. That's the, the most visible sign that people see of what comes at, at our border every single day. Uh, this is pretty much a political stunt trying to force the government's hand in Mexico to issue travel documents to those folks so that they can actually get to the southern border. And, and like you said, we're at about 15,000 right now. Uh, we understand a few may have dropped off. Uh, they're making very little progress. They were on their way to Huixla. Uh, in southern Mexico from Tapachula just uh, this morning. So it's a long, arduous walk, a lot of heat. uh, A lot of people will start to fall out and and suffer from dehydration and having sore feet and other illnesses. And it's all in the hopes that that they can force Mexico's hand to give them asylum in Mexico, refugee status, and some work authorizations, and then bust them to different states so that they can ultimately continue on in their journey. Uh, it it is a sight to see when you when you see 15,000 people in mass traveling towards the United States Uh, however we really can't lose sight of the fact that half of a caravan hits the southern border every single day so this wasn't organized this this is what's already coming this is the flow these organizers uh, uh Luis Villagran he has a non-government organization called the center for human dignity he arranges these and then he lobbies on their behalf to the mexican government uh to get inami which is their immigration service in mexico to issue these documents they don't want to get to the northern border of mexico and be out of status because then they can be removed from the country they want free unfettered travel to the u.s border so uh if we just look at what may statistics are there were over 220,000 migrants apprehended on the southwest border during the month of May. That's an exclusive our team put out. And that run, runs to about 7,400 per day. So in 48 hours, one of those caravans hits the southern border every two days.
1: Amazing. Shocking. You know, it, it's disgusting. Now, um, this, this situation of uh, of the... You you said that uh, in Mexico they are bussing them around. Tell us about the bussing that's going on on our side of the border, uh, of people being bussed all over the place because finally the um, the news media seems to be focusing on that.
4: Well. At all the non-government shelters, uh, whether they are run by, uh, any one of a number of organizations, Catholic Charities is, is one of them. Uh, there's a Methodist church in Eagle Pass that runs one of them, the Border Hope, Mission Border Hope. Uh, buses are leaving almost 24-7, seven days a week. Uh, the flow is so great in these smaller border communities, especially Eagle Pass, where you have a city of 30,000 people in one hospital. There's really not enough resources to attend to the community, much less adding Another 1,500 residents every single day. So they have to be moved out. Those non-government organizations, they shelter them just long enough to load them on a bus. They've gone to double-decker buses now where they can fit 80 people, and they are leaving to San Antonio almost hourly. Uh, the releases uh, – are just climbing every day as well. Title Eight is getting applied to less and less migrants as the days go on, and ultimately the administration wants to completely end that practice, which we know is going to result in most of those 7,400, a larger percentage of them at least, getting released into the United States.
1: Wow. I- incredible. Now, getting back to this caravan, um, I saw a, uh, a picture last night of the caravan, and shamelessly, and I'll use that that word shamelessly, the uh, reporter uh, on NBC said that that uh, the uh, organizer had said that the vast majority of this uh, of, of this caravan was chil- women and children. However, when you when, when the when the uh, camera panned the group and did a wide shot of it, I saw nothing but young men. I didn't see one single woman or kid. So, uh, you know, what is this uh, with these folks that are young men that are, you know, being shipped into Mexico and then eventually, I guess, coming into the United States?
4: Well, and I think it's fair to say in in past caravans there there have been women and children, but you're exactly right in this particular caravan and uh, and in in other news stories aside from those and some independent reporters that really do a good job of of remaining apolitical and just going down there and telling us what's happening are showing exactly that. This particular caravan is widely uh, assembled with nothing but adult, male, military-age men coming to the United States border uh, and and ironically it's it's uh at the time when when we have our vice president carrying 1.9 million in in private business development straight to those northern triangle countries at the uh, summit for the Americas in Los Angeles right now so they are marching towards us and American investments and tax dollars are marching in the opposite direction to to help those folks when Americans are suffering
1: it, it's it really in, in in talking real brief about this uh, this summit of the Americas, uh, do you think anything is going to come out of that? Because, uh, you know, in in a very hypocritical, ironic, statement this morning, Biden apparently said that illegal immigration needs to stop. Uh, I read that and I just I fell out of my chair. Well,
4: we know the formula for stopping that and and that is not to invite them the way he did during his presidential campaign when he asks them to storm the border immediately if he's elected. So they listen to him and and words from from the leader of the free world they mean something. So, what 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 the what an interesting fact is, you know, this year up and, up until May, the end of May, there have been a million five hundred thousand migrants apprehended, but only three hundred and ten thousand of those come from those northern triangle countries. So that's where we're pushing our investment. But that leaves a million two hundred migrants apprehended from countries other than those three. And we've been hearing the Biden administration and, and Joseph Biden as the vice president. In 2014. Talk about addressing root cause uh, of migration, and we know some of those governments down there that money never reaches the folks that it's intended to reach. It's just pulled into you know what we know to be corrupt governments
1: The oligarchies and, and, and the, uh, the the folks who who control the the, the government that's who's, that's who gets it. Let me ask you this one last question um, again, because of the Uvalde tragedy, we haven't heard much. But uh, how about the car chases and the interception of drugs? How is that going?
4: Well, that, that's still continuing. And, and as long as the flow is coming at the rate it is, and, and by the way, I think we know that if Title 42 goes, it, it's expected to, to more than double. These communities are still seeing that. Uh, they're seeing an increase in, in criminal migrants. Uh, just in the first few weeks of June, there was over eight ar- arrested in, in Texas and in Yuma that had convictions for murder, for attempted murder of a police officer, for sexual offenses against children. Uh, these are things that the border is, is dealing with every single day as a result of this flow. Uh,
1: incredible. You know, we're trying they're they, they trying to actively defund the police while at the same time inviting all of these criminals in. Uh, incredible. Uh, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Anything else you'd like to add, folks? Uh, uh, Randy, before we let you go, and of course, tell the folks where they can follow you.
4: Well, they can find me at Randy Clark BBTX, and all of the border stories that uh, Breitbart News features under our World page and Cartel Chronicles.
1: Excellent. Once again, my friends, we've been chat- chatting with our good friend Randy Clark uh, with Breitbart uh, at the border, and uh, Randy, stay safe, and we'll chat with you again soon.
4: Thank you, George.
1: Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism. Go to borderhawk.news. Borderhawk.news has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. Borderhawk.news has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to borderhawk.news. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And uh, we've got our good friend, uh, Mr. Jay Wiley, with, the, uh, with uh, the show Law Enforcement Today, nationally syndicated program that he's got. And uh, I wanted to reach out to him because uh, not only uh, does he have a show about law enforcement, he has been a police officer, he's been in law enforcement for a long time. Talk to us from your experience. How should what uh, what can law enforcement do about the mentally ill?
5: That's an outstanding question. I'm glad you posed it that way, George, because quite often uh, politicians, their pacifier of choice is to go for the means of uh, harming people. In this case, a gun, and as if that's going to solve the problem when the problem began before. And the best. Of action is prevention. Uh, almost all these shooters have had prior red flags of mental health issues. And nowadays, and it's been I think since the nineteen eighties, where you can't even compel mentally ill people to be treated or take their medication. So uh, that the mental institutions were emptied out, and, and people were put on streets. So, as a, a cop, as a, a law enforcement officer, whether it be sheriff's deputy, federal agent, a police officer, whatever might be. Uh, the the ultimate threshold about use of force when it comes to anybody with a weapon is whether or not you are in fear for your life. Now, that's a term that's used quite often. It's not understood. And while I could be right next to someone, a, they may not have the weapon pointed at me directly, but the one, the officer next to me may feel they're in fear for their life, and they're going to act accordingly. Um, so you don't have the the... the the fortune of having lots of time to analyze. Um, And I understand, and I too have been very upset about the way that was handled. However, I've learned that the news media, excluding people like you and me, uh, what they put out right away oftentimes is not correct. What press conferences with police brass and command staff put out oftentimes is not correct. And it creates an inflammatory environment. Uh, So where it begins is Anybody has got mental health issues, uh, and we could have an argument uh, about all criminal behavior of violent crime is some sort of mental illness. However, we're here to neutralize the threat to people, um, and that includes ourselves. When someone has been arrested multiple times for violent crimes, how about we practice criminal control and keep them in prison? Uh, if someone has mental health issues and not everybody's mental, mentally ill is a threat. The vast majority of people are not. Um, but the, those who are, how about we keep them locked up in an area where they can be treated, where they can be treated humanely and no one else is threatened. I think that's where we really need to get to.
1: I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, this whole situation of, of, uh hospitalization of repeat offenders let's say let's use that phrase I mean if there was a three strike you're out uh, law for uh, repeat offenders at one point uh, why not do the same thing with people that continually get off the, the medications I mean it seems like the homeless camps are full of people who are not on medication who should be on medication and how is that humane to leave them out there
5: It's not human. We, we have people and you know, you're, you're in San Antonio. It gets hot in San Antonio. I'm in South Florida. It gets hot. And one of the things I've taught my wife is if you see someone walking down the street, wearing a heavy winter coat and it's 95 degrees outside, it's the number one indicator. They're not usually doing well mentally. They've got issues. They wander around the streets. They're, they're self-medicating with alcohol and drugs. They're not cleaned. They're not being fed. You've got, it's, horribly inhumane. And then when they turn around and lash out and commit harm to other people, then all of a sudden, why didn't somebody do something about this? Well, we have the power to do something about it before it gets to this point.
1: Correct. It seems like, you know, the, the issue of someone being homeless uh, is not necessarily an economic issue. And many times it's uh, because they, they can't get along with people. And uh, if that's the case, then, you know, some something different needs to be done other than uh, a, a job training program, it seems.
5: So I, I agree. Something has to be done. And I don't think going back to pre-1980, and I believe don't, – don't hold me 100% accountable to this. I believe it was Jimmy Carter's administration that – changed everything about the way we treat mentally ill people. Um, We've got to go somewhere where we have politicians. um, And you know me, I don't really like talking politics, but we got to have politicians who are no longer afraid to say, you know, it's not the weapon that's the issue. It's the person. And you know what? It's your son. It's your daughter. And we as a community need to fix this. We need to have them in humane situations where they're taken care of and they can't be a threat to anybody else. End of story. And if you're not willing to do that as a politician, leave office and let's put someone who can and will.
1: I couldn't agree more. Let me ask you also about uh, so much focus was was on this uh, shooting in in, uh, Uvalde uh, on the gun, on the use of the weapon. However, uh, this weekend, this past weekend, there were shootings in Philadelphia. There were shootings in Phoenix. Um, which, uh, from what I can understand, had nothing to do with somebody being mentally ill.
5: Yeah, and and quite often they're violent career criminals. And uh, they have, in my police experience, there was time after time after time we encountered people who had seven, eight prior arrests for murder. Uh, Two convictions, and they do on average eight years. That's it. So they're back on the street. Uh, I got into a brawl with a guy who was a a known or reputed hitman for a drug organization uh, on a a stairwell. And he reportedly killed 14 people. Well, why is this guy walking the streets? Why do our law enforcement officers still have to deal with him? Why does the community have to deal with him? And when they get in gunfights with other so-called gang members – And bullets don't have tracking devices. And they want to killing a 10-year-old kid, for example, up in Philadelphia. That is families that are impacted because someone is afraid to say, no, not today, not on my watch. You're going to jail. End of story. Wow.
1: Two things uh, that I want to get your comment on uh, here as we close is the issue, um, first of all, uh, on on Wednesday, the – uh, Seattle City Council admitted that their defund the police experiment has been an ups- absolute failure. That's number one. Number two, also on Tuesday night, or a Tuesday rather, the uh, city of San Francisco, or the county of San Francisco, and the city of San Francisco, recalled their uh, DA that has been administering social justice and really uh, letting uh, criminals go, petty criminals go, that caused crime to go, uh, theft to go through the through the roof. Uh, your thoughts on both?
5: First of all, the, the district attorney, his parents were known convicted terrorists that killed people. Did we need to have a further conversation about why that man was in office? Uh, that that right there is like it's almost comical why would we be having this conversation Uh, um defund the police thing you know that's again the pacifier effect politicians need to feel like they're doing something and i understand they're upset about george floyd however for politicians in san francisco to react so dramatically would be san francisco san antonio baltimore or something happened in minneapolis uh, that's kind of ridiculous but I believe a lot of this now is being directed towards, hey, we admitted we were wrong. We're going to change course, change directions because you have midterm elections coming up and they want to save their speed, their seats. That's what I believe is going on.
1: <laughs> no kidding. My friend, thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Uh, we've been speaking with our good friend, uh, John J. Wiley. Uh, tell them about your program and how they can follow you, buddy.
5: Well, you can go to letradioshow.com, and you can listen to all the past episodes as a podcast. It's syndicated through Talk Media Network. run on 82 stations once a week. Um, we broadcast about 28 million combined population. And it's crime and trauma stories from people who have been there telling their story. Um, and we try to provide, like George does, an environment for people to to – a platform where they can tell their stories about what they went through where no one else is doing that. Uh, so if it's not available on radio near you, just go to letradioshow.com show.com or anywhere podcasts are served, you'll find law enforcement today.
1: Excellent. Thanks a lot, my friend. George Rodriguez El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas.